Thanks for joining us for today's message. We want to encourage you to stop by NBCOcala.com if you have a story to share about how God is working in your life, or if you would like to support this ministry financially. Today, we're hearing a message from our series, Family Matters. During this series, we are discovering that a healthy relationship with God creates healthy relationships in life. And help me welcome our internet audience. God bless you guys. So glad you are with us. Peace to your house. You may be seated. You may be seated. Is it raining yet? No? Y'all are good. Y'all are good. I'm glad you're here. Um, I don't mind it raining any other time except church days. Because for some people, all it takes is two drops or it looks like it's going to be two drops. And, and then they're not with us. Then they join the internet audience or something unofficially. So anyway, we're glad you're all here today and uh, we're going to have a good time. Um, let me... Uh, tell you that, um, well, let me just ask you this. You, you're pretty comfortable? Yeah. Well, good. Well, you're about to get very uncomfortable, okay, in this message. Don't, don't be afraid. We'll resolve it all before you leave, but um, the Word of God is going to uh, confront us today on some things. Um, we've got some resources available for you. Um, if you go to our website, and uh, there are banners that go across uh, every few seconds on the website, click on the one that looks like this, Family Matters, that'll bring you to this page. And if you go down here, these green boxes, there's Right Now Media. And we've selected a number of videos, several different topics, about eight or ten different topics um, to help you with maybe what's going on in your place. Some of them are like eight minutes, some are like 20 minutes or so. And uh, those are there for you. All of that is free, of course. You say, well, I don't have uh, internet or whatever. I'm telling you, if it meant you went in a million bucks or something, you'd find your way to a computer. You'd, you'd, you'd break in your neighbor's house or something. And I'm not saying break into your neighbor's house, okay? But there are ways to um, get to this, and I just encourage you because it's good resources uh, to help you out concerning this. Now, um, our goal with all of this is to help all of us, and I emphasize all of us, to move from where we are to where God wants us to be. And if everything is just hunky-dunky at your house, I believe God has even better for you. And uh, also to preserve what he may have done in a good way for you. Um, and, and then maybe you would say, well, my home, my family is scattered. It's hell on earth, whatever it would be. I believe that God wants to help us to move from where we are to where he wants us to be. And so that's part of what we're after in this series. Amen. Let's go ahead and start out in Isaiah 32, verse 17 and 18. Notice every word and the effect of righteousness will be what? Peace and the result of righteousness, quietness and trust forever. My people... Go ahead, next one. My people will abide in a peaceful, notice that, habitation in secure dwellings and in quiet resting places. The principle that I want to bring out to you is this. Righteousness brings peace. Righteousness brings peace. We all want peace. There is no peace, says God, for the wicked or the wrong. But righteousness brings peace. Righteousness here in the Old Testament Hebrew has to do with doing it right. And God's way is right. It's God's way of doing things. It's, it's God's way. God set it up on how it works. And so you do it his way, it, it works. And what it does, it brings to us peace. And that Old Testament Hebrew word for peace there is shalom. Everybody say shalom. And we've tried to illustrate that a little bit, that shalom is, is like a fabric. I read somewhere uh, that it's, God is clothed in shalom. And what it is, it's a completeness. It's nothing missing, nothing broken. And this would just be a picture uh, for us to see. It's not one thing, it's many things woven together, become strong and useful. 
And, and uh, shalom is what we want. That's what God wants. He said, uh, you know, he talked about his peace and peaceful habitations. The reality of that is, though, this is more like us, okay? This is more like us. And, and things come, uh, life, uh, our decisions, our words, different things happen, and we end up getting cut, torn, snagged, and so forth. And then the constant effort is this, is to repair or mend that shalom in our life. And this is probably pretty close to what most of us are like, okay? And it's beautiful. Listen to me, it's beautiful. God is, God is working in our lives. And, and sometimes it seems like as soon as we get one of these dudes stitched up, we snag on something else, you know? And, and the thing is to just keep moving forward. God will help us with it. The main thing that God is after is your heart, not your perfection, but your heart. He's more interested in your character than he is in your conduct. And the more that your conduct grows or your character grows, conduct's going to follow behind that. This is not about a bunch of do's and don'ts. This is about connecting with God and doing things his way. This, again, is not a house of condemnation, okay? We're going to talk about some things that are going to be near and dear to all of us today. We're going to talk about some things that are going to hit. They're going to land at every address represented here today. But I want you to know this is not a house of condemnation. This is a house of grace and a house of truth. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And the son that he sent to save us showed up, John 1, 14 says, full of grace and full of truth. And so this, again, not a house of condemnation, but I'm telling you what, you're going to feel some things today. But it's not condemnation, it's truth. And with that truth and grace is where we will end this morning um, here in just a little bit. One of the things that can come and snag or tear uh, shalom is conflict. Conflict. And um, conflict handled in the wrong way. How many of you know that conflict, there is a good conflict that can happen as well? Uh, good communication permits progress. Sometimes you have a good talk about something that, you know, you're rubbing each other the wrong way. There's some sparks or whatever, and you can, you can work that out. You can have good communication and get some progress. But I'm talking about negative conflict that brings strife. Do you remember our definition of strife from last week? Strife is the manifest presence of what? Of the enemy, of the enemy. Do you know what the manifest presence of the enemy is? Hell. We don't want hell in our, in our homes. And we don't want damage. We don't want conflict that could be managed, that could be conquered. We don't want that conflict to be tearing at the, the shalom uh, of, our, of our homes and of our families, of our marriages and of, of our relationships. Amen? Now, um, anybody had any conflict? in, say, the last 10 years? How about the last two weeks? How about in the car in our parking lot this, this, this morning? And you're like, and then people are walking by, praise the Lord. And you're like, yeah. And you give each other that look to be continued. And come on. Well, hopefully we'll get that settled while we're here today. Hey, everybody has conflict. Everybody does. Here's the thing, and here's our topic this morning. We want to conquer conflict. So that's what we're about today is conquering conflict. We're going to take a tour through the book of Proverbs, the book of wisdom. We're not going to stop at every place. There are so many con- uh, related to conflict and relationship and so forth. Uh, I believe you should be in the Proverbs every day. There are 31 Proverbs. Most months have 31 days, give or take. 
and um, get in there. It's the, it's the wisdom of God, and it will help you. We all need wisdom. In the book of Proverbs, uh, we find two types of people. First of all, the wise, and then we have the foolish. How many of you immediately thought, well, that's me, of course, right? Okay, we, we always do that. So we got the wise. Who are the wise? Who are the wise? The wise are the ones who hear and learn and grow and will continue to work and, and adjust. They're not prideful. They're humble and they're wise. And then we have foolish. Who are the foolish? Well, all of us do foolish things. Everybody plays the fool. No. Anyway, um, the foolish here are those that don't do the wise things. And see, they make excuses or they excuse themselves and they just never seem to learn. And so we want to make sure this is not even about the issues. This is how we handle the issues. It's not what happens to you. This is what we do with what happens to you to either be wise or to be foolish. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a little phrase and then a verse out of the Proverbs and we'll discuss it a little bit as we learn how to conquer conflict. Are you ready this morning? All right, let's start out right here. Ponder the path. Everybody say that. Ponder the path. Look with me in Proverbs 4 verse 26. Ponder the path of your feet. Then all your ways will be sure. And all these verses this morning, for the most part, are going to be out of the English Standard Version. I've been using that one more and more. Ponder the path. Say it again. Ponder the path. Okay, before you enter into conflict, how many of you know there's always opportunity for conflict? I'll try it one more time. How many of you know there's always opportunity for conflict? Okay. And before you enter into that, you need to ponder the path. You need to think about, okay, if we go down this road, where will this take us? Do I really want to go down this road? Is this the hill I want to die on? Is this worth it? And you've got to decide that beforehand. Another proverb in Proverbs 17, 14, it says that the beginning of strife or starting a quarrel is like opening the dam. And it's best to stop it before you've got a flood. And so this is the opportunity right up front before you get into it. Because once you're into it, you ready for this? It's on. Have you ever felt that or said that? I mean, you just mind your own business and then what they said or did is like, all right, it's on. (laughs) And we don't want to go there. You've got to ponder, ponder the path. Secondly is this, don't fuel the fire. Read that with me. Don't fuel the fire. Look at me, look with me in Proverbs 26, 21. As charcoal, what's the words again? As charcoal to hot embers and implied as wood to fire, so is a quarrelsome man or person for kindling strife. Do we want strife? Strife is what? The manifest presence of what? The enemy. That's bringing hell into your relationships and into your, into your home. So notice, as charcoal is to hot embers and as wood is to fire, what, are, what is that relationship? Fuel. It's fuel. And so in the same way, you connect the fuel and the, and the spark, you're going to have fire. And a quarrelsome person, a contentious person, which I could tell you in the light of Proverbs is foolish. They're going to get strife. They're going to 
crank that up until there's a place of fire and strife and hell. And can I tell you this about fire damage? Um, it is super hard to fully restore. You know, if you've ever had a, a, you know, a home or watched a, a home or a business that, that had fire, that, you know, there's, it's almost better, depending on the amount of damage, it's almost better to, you know, to raise it, to just you know, plow it down and start over again because you have so much to restore because of the fire, because of the heat, uh, because of the water to put out the fire. The firemen come in with those hooks and axes and things and pull down walls and get behind there. You've got all of that going on. You've got smoke damage. And then guess what? After you got it all cleaned up, if you didn't do it just quite right, you still got the smell. And I don't want to get into your business too much. Well, actually, that's all I'm doing today is getting into your business. But um, it sounded polite to say that. But um, a lot of you have the smell of smoke on you. You've got the smell of smoke in your homes, so to speak, because of the fire that would happen because of conflict. And we want to avoid that at all costs. Amen. Next is this. Conflict builds barriers. Read it with me. Conflict builds barriers. Look with me in Proverbs 18, verse 19. A brother offended is more unyielding than a strong city, and quarreling is like the bars of a castle. And the imagery here uh, in the day that this was written to, they would have these isolated villages and towns and so forth, and they would have to build around it because of raiders and bandits and, and other nations and people that would try to come in. And because of conflict that they'd already had with neighboring people and so forth, they would fortify They would fortify their gates. They would fortify their walls. They would make them thicker, stronger, harder to to get over and so forth. And what happens is anytime that we have conflict, it builds barriers between people. And so strife separates. And when we have strife, when we have conflict with one another, it creates space. Now, here's what love does. Love tries to always close the gap. Love always tries to get you closer, but when there's, when there's conflict, it creates space because we don't like the pain, and, and we don't want to go through that again. And so we build those barriers, and those barriers left unresolved, hearts harden. You start to make assumptions, and any matters or interaction following that are now complicated because we have unresolved conflict. And so we want to, first of all, not get into negative conflict. And then secondly, if we have it, we want to be able to resolve that conflict because conflict builds barriers. Look with me uh, here. What did you win? Say that with me. What did you win? In Proverbs 11, 29, it says, whoever troubles, this just strikes me. Whoever troubles his own household, we'll talk about it, will inherit the wind and the fool will be servant to the wise of heart. Now think about this. Whoever troubles his own household. There's, in Proverbs 14.1, it says that the foolish tear down their own house. Who would do that? That's like punching your own face. You know, stabbing your own leg. Vandalizing your own car. Who would trouble their own house? But let me tell you that when you enter into contention and strife in these ways, you trouble your own household, and it said you inherit the wind. You don't have to have a degree in theology to understand what that means. You inherit the wind. You inherit what? Give me the universal sign for it. Maybe you do need a theology degree. Uh, Nothing. You inherit nothing. Can you imagine the reading of the will and all the families around? 
And the executor of the will, he's reading it off. It goes, and to you, you get, you get, uh, you get the house and the property and you get grandpa's truck, banjo and shotgun. And you, you get all of grandma's cookware, her earrings. And you, Junior, you inherit the wind. <laughs> Nothing. Now, you do get something, but you don't get anything good. You don't get anything worthy of inheritance, something desirable. You don't, you don't get that when you trouble your own household. Now, can, I, I see some of y'all getting uncomfortable here and there. And, and, oh, it will get worse, okay, before we finish. But then it'll get really good, okay? Not a house of condemnation. This is going to hit every one of us at some point or another, okay? So just hang in there, act like it's somebody else, okay? <laughs> All right. What did you win? Nothing. Next one. Just hush up. What's another way to say that? Yeah, well, we don't say shut up, but just hush up. Say it deliberately like that. Just hush up. Proverbs 13, 3. Let's look at this. Whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. He who opens wide his lips comes to, comes to ruin. You ever mess something up because your mouth? Well, I'll just ask you again. You ever messed anything up because your mouth? Here's what we need to learn. We need to learn how to raise and lock the lower hinge of our speaking mechanism. Okay? And you could probably find something on YouTube that would help you with that. Um, conflict usually comes, and conflict is usually heightened because of words. Now, this verse is not saying uh, be quiet. It's saying be measured. That you're trying to work something out, not just trying to spout off. And sometimes, though, it is best just to hush. Let me give you a couple questions here to ask yourself before speaking. First of all, is it true? Say that. Is it true? You don't want to be making up stuff, okay? I can remember hearing my parents fuss about something. My mom said, well, they say. And it's like, yeah, well, that's really credible. Um, So is it true? Secondly, is it loving? What about love? Love is kind. Love uh, puts others ahead of itself. Love is looking after the good and the welfare of somebody. So is it loving? Next is this. Is it chosen? Is it chosen? Do you choose your words or you just let her rip? You know, some people are like this in the, in the heat of the moment. We've all been there. It's like, I don't know what I'm going to say till I say it. How many of you know that does not normally land well, okay? And and it's like this. I found out, I'll find out the same time you find out what I'm going to say. No, you need to be chosen, much more deliberate in this. this. How about this next one? Is it fair? Is it fair? Don't get cheap in this. Don't go for insults, low blow, try to injure people, pull out of the past, uh, say something about something they can't help. And never, ever bring up yo mama. (laughs) And then lastly, is it time? Is it time? See, it's important not just what you say and not just how you say it, but when you say it. Sometimes bringing up the right thing at the wrong time, you have a fire on your hands, Bubba. So just 
Hush up. Next one is this. Next one is stand back. Everybody say stand back. Proverbs 20, verse 3. It is an honor. Notice this. It is an honor for a man, person, to keep aloof. Everybody say aloof. Aloof. Say it again. Aloof. It is an honor for a man. I mess with it because I want you to remember it, okay? It is an honor for a man to keep aloof from strife because every fool will be quarreling. You can always tell who's doing honorable and who's doing foolish, okay? It's an honor to stay aloof from it. Fools quarrel. Fools quarrel. Now, if you are in conflict and in quarrel, um, I would not point that out in the moment. You know why your spouse said, say, you know, pastor said, shows in scripture, fools quarrel. That would be a moment to just wait, okay? But don't get drawn in. We do this to each other. We draw each other. We bait them, goad them, provoke them to draw people in. Stay aloof. Stay back. Stand back. Don't get drawn in. You know, just hold your peace. And if somebody, your spouse, your brother, your sister, whoever is trying to draw you in, this is what you need to say to them. I aloof you. (laughs) Try it. Next one. Settle down. Everybody say it. Settle down. Look in Proverbs 15, verse 18. A hot-tempered man stirs up which is the manifest presence of the enemy brings hell into your home. Hot-tempered man stirs up strife. But he who is slow to anger quiets contention. Settle down. We all have a temper. We all have a fuse. Yeah, we all do. You know, I said earlier, everybody has conflict. From time to time, somebody said, we, we never have any conflict. Whenever I hear a couple tell me they never have any conflict... Uh, Number one, I don't believe them. And number two, then I immediately assume one of them is hollow. You know, because if you had any opinion, any spirit about you at all, that would happen. And we all have a temper. But what we want to do is have a long fuse. You know, not just that little fuse that, boom. Okay? We want to have the long fuse. Y'all remember uh, Roadrunner and Wile E. Coyote? You want to have that half-mile fuse that... You know, that hopefully you got time to catch up to it and stomp it out before it actually blows, okay? But quick-tempered is what the Scripture's warning us about because that person's going to end up in strife. They're going to make a problem. They're going to make a problem out of something that really is not a problem. And, and just quick-tempered to stir up that, that strife. We all need to slow down in this. We all need to grow in this. A lot of times it's an ego issue. And we've got to just get over ourselves. So let's read this same verse in the, uh, in the message. And you may want to underline this verse in your neighbor's Bible. <laughs> Hot tempers start fights. A calm, cool spirit keeps the shalom, keeps the peace. Amen? Um, short fuse, you're going to mess something up. True story. Uh, a lady at her wedding, the bride, a few things uh, didn't go her way. She stressed out. She got all upset. 
I did not officiate this, this wedding. I read about this wedding. Uh, she just had it. And when she finally fused, lit, boom, knocked over the cake and threw cake, knocked over the gift table and kicked gifts, stormed out of the reception, walked down the middle of the road in her wedding gown, dress, and uh, police came up on her, talked to her, what's going on, ma'am? She kicked one of them, kicked their car, so they had to take her in. The newspaper got a hold of it. What do you think they called her? Bridezilla. Shortly thereafter, she went before the judge, and the judge said, understatement of the century, he said, this won't bode well for your new marriage. <laughs> so we've got to be really careful with this and make sure that you settle down. Next is this. Mind your own business. Say it. Mind your own business. Or as we used to say when I was in fifth grade, mind your own beeswax. All right. In Proverbs 26 verse 17. Whoever meddles in a quarrel, not his own, is like one who takes a passing dog by the ears. I've got a picture here to serve as good warning for you right here. That's Alicia's dog. I mean, that's our precious puppy at at home. Listen, when you meddle in somebody else, and listen, it can be going on right there, but when you engage, when you get involved in a quarrel that is not your own, you know what you're forced to do? You're forced to take somebody's side. And once you take somebody's side, then the person on the other side feels ganged up on, they feel defensive and everything will escalate and you create barriers with them. So sometimes it's just good to go into the next room and keep your peace and get a snack. Next is this, hold it down, say it, hold it down, Proverbs 15, 1. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And so what we've got to do is just hold it down. I've tried this both ways, you know, and it works. A soft answer will turn away wrath. Harsh words will stir up anger. And a soft answer is after resolution, A harsh word is after retribution. What? You said what to me? You know, and and then we come back with this. How many of you are Olympic level, lightning fast, I can come back with something? You know, and it's best to just hold it down. Soft answer turns away wrath. It tries to put out the fire that, that is potential, but a harsh word stirs up. That's like throwing a log on the fire, some kerosene onto the fire. And then next is this. Let it go. Proverbs 12, 16. The vexation of a fool is known when? At once. Boom. But the prudent, help me, ignores an insult. I don't want to read it again. The vexation of a fool is known at once, but the prudent ignores an insult. People that are in the know about Scripture are immediately going to be able to say, who's being prudent or wise here and who is being the fool in this situation? You don't want to be the fool. Usually a fool reacts immediately. The wise learn to ignore the insult, ignore being dishonored, ignore being shamed, ignore being dissed. I saw a documentary documentary 
recently on uh, death row. And in this super security, maximum security prison, these guys are in for life or for death row. And they were interviewing different ones of them that admitted their crime. And uh, there were three different guys that just struck me. Uh, They were in for murder. Uh, And they said, what was it? Why did you murder this, this person? And the one guy said, I'd do it again today because he disrespected me. So you give up the rest of your life, you give up your family, you give up your dreams, you give up everything else because somebody disrespects you. It's foolish. It's foolish. What you do is not weakness, it's wisdom. And look at me for this. God keeps the books. I said, God keeps the books. Somebody do you wrong, you don't have to be the one to fix it. You can be wise enough Have trust enough in a God who will help you even though somebody might would disrespect you. And again, it's not weakness, it's wisdom. And then this one, no paybacks. Everybody say it, no paybacks. Proverbs 24, 29. Do not say, I will do to him as he has done to me. I will pay the man back for what he has done. No paybacks. And, you know, normally that was the trouble we got into at home. You know, kids, well, he hit me back first. You know, that kind of thing. And it's his paybacks. I'll get you back for this. And uh, it, ne- it never ends up in a good place when you're after retribution and paybacks. Another true story. A couple actually shot each other in the arm. And the backstory is this. He got a new job. And on the first morning of his new job, they overslept. He's late. And he blames his wife because she didn't set the alarm clock right. I say, dude, set your own alarm clock, okay? But they got into a fight. It escalated. He reaches into the drawer and shoots her in the arm. Wounded, she goes to the closet and gets a shotgun and shoots him in the arm. An hour later, they're in the hospital, handcuffed to gurneys in the emergency room. In between them is a deputy. And the nurse in charge overheard... Him say this first of all to her, I love you, baby, and I'm sorry I shot you. (laughs) To which she replied, and I love you, baby, and I'm sorry I shot you. And what I just gave you is a million-dollar title for a country song. (laughs) I love you, baby, and I'm sorry I shot you. (laughs) I don't even know where to go from there, all right? (laughs) No paybacks. Everybody say it. No paybacks. I want to go over the list again here. Ponder the path. Don't fuel the fire. Conflict builds barriers. What did you win? Just hush up. Stand back. Settle down. Mind your own business. Hold it down. Let it go. No paybacks. And there is so, so, so much more that Proverbs and God's Word talks about. But these are just a few. And what we have to do is be wise. Everybody say, be wise. Stop the co-op with the devil. Because when he can get us into negative conflict, hear me on this. There are real issues. There are real matters. But there's a wise way and a godly way to handle those things. But when we do it in negative conflict, 
You will tear, you will shred the shalom fabric that is to be in your home and to be in your relationships. And the devil now, if you co-opt with him from inside your house, you help to pull down your house. From inside your house, you help to shred the shalom fabric of God that's to be in your relationships and to be in your home. We got to stop cooperating with the enemy just because no one ever modeled this for us right or they modeled it crazy wrong for us. You know, I've talked to people over the years and, and I go, well, why do you react that way when, when y'all have a fuss? Why did you throw the china? Why did you yell all those names that you don't even say? Why did you storm out of the house? And why did you, when you stormed out of the house, push something over? It's because of what they've seen. And we've either had things modeled for us really bad or no one to model things at all. And what we've got to do is get back to what does God say? What works? What would help us? I'm, I'm, I'm real tired and, and in pain over watching families just shredded because we're all going to have matters. We're all going to have issues. We're all going to have problems, many of them self-inflicted. But hear me, what do you do with it though? We're going to have to handle conflict in a godly way. Make sure that we just don't, you know, just jump over the cliff into it all and then just see what happens later into the blind rage or or you know, horrible ways of behaving that shred the shalom of our homes. So let me go back to this. Righteousness brings peace. God's way of doing things brings peace. Look at this in Proverbs 16, verse seven. When a man's ways, go ahead and say say my ways. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace, to be at shalom with him. Um, And I'm not calling your family members, your spouse, or anybody else your enemy. But even if they were, this is even his enemies. So it's a matter, you've got to be committed. I'm going to do this thing God's way. And God will help to make sure that peace finds its way to you. Do right. Be wise. Stop the co-op with the enemy. Bringing hell into your home and shredding shalom. There's a better way to handle what does come to us. Amen. All right, now real quick, I want you to just think about this. We all need grace. I'll say it again. We all need grace. All of us, varying seasons, varying degrees, do wrong things, handle things wrong, and we need grace. And here's what the scripture says. Humility releases grace. If you humble yourself before God, he will give you grace. Stay with me tight on this. If I humble myself before God, he will give me grace. And we all need grace. You know what we need? A holy reset. Don't you wish there was such a thing that just a whole... Don't you wish sometimes you could just run out to your doorbell and and ring it in a certain pattern? And then you got reset in the house. Wouldn't that be awesome? We all need a holy reset. When Alicia and I were dating, we got into a fuss one evening. I'm bringing her back. She lived with her parents, and I'm bringing her back. It's like 10, 10.30 at night, and it just escalated. We were at a place in the argument where we don't even know where we started. You been there? And then it just got, you know, this and this and this. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? Your mama. Your mama. My mama can beat your mama. And then it gets to this. 
And just up and up and up. And I thought, I don't, I don't even know what to do. And just in the moment, I reached out and I, I pushed the cigarette lighter in. She goes, what was that? I go, that's reset. What? Reset. It's like nothing ever happened. She said, how convenient. I pushed it again. I told her, I said, listen, I don't know how to fix this. I don't know where to get off this train. I don't want the sun to go down on a raft. I love you and I'm, I want to get through whatever this, I don't even remember how we started. She said, I get it. She pushed reset. And we were able to just, you know, just wipe that out. Now, listen, if you've got real serious issues, you can't go, reset, pastor said. <laughs> and then raising five children, you know what we did? There are times with them where we realize that everybody comes with a built-in reset button. Your belly button. <laughs> Seriously, we do it. We still do it. Now, if your spouse is really ticked at you, don't be reaching for the belly button right now, okay? Wait that one out, all right? Look at me. We all need, we all need reset. We need God to somehow do a holy supernatural thing. Listen, you're still going to have to work. You're still going to have to adjust some things. You're going to have to quit some things. You can't just dive headlong into conflict like this. But as I just told you, humility releases grace. And I think grace is the thing that will bring us a holy reset in our life. So here's where I want you to just narrow it all down to just me and you and God, okay? I want you to shut everybody else out here for a moment. Was there anything in this message at all today? Is there anything that I shared today? that nudged you, that convicted you, that you said, wow, that's, that's me? Did you worry at any point during today's message, oh, wow, I, I bet my spouse is thinking of me right now. I bet my kids or my, or my parents are thinking about me right now. Did any of this convict you at all? That's the work of the Holy Spirit. That's the work of God's Word. And what you need to do is you need to respond. And you need to respond in humility. And so what I'm going to ask you to do in just a moment, I don't want to force anybody to do this. In just a moment, I'll call for it. But I want you to just humble yourself before God and just stand. And I want you this to be your mindset. I don't care if anybody else stands. I want to humble myself because I need God's grace released into my relationships and into my home. I am standing not just because I've been standing for 45 minutes. I'm standing right now because I am convicted by the word. I'm convicted by it today. So right now, if that would be you, I'm not going to pressure anybody, but I'm going to pray a prayer asking God to release his grace on the humble today, if that would be you. And just go ahead and stand. I'll give you a minute to do it. If it's not you, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Nobody's judging you. Thank you, Lord. Let me pray over you. God of all grace and mercy, we come to you and we humble ourselves. We've not handled everything right. 
Some of us have some real patterns, history. Forgive us. We don't blame anybody else right now, but some cases, things weren't modeled right for us. We didn't learn how. But as we receive the truth of your word, now we ask for your grace. As we humble ourselves before you right now, God, I ask that you would speak to our hearts. I thank you that the blood of Jesus Christ, God's son, cleanses us from all sin. I think you're the God of a fresh start. Your mercies are new every morning. And I just ask for a fresh start, for a holy reset for each one in all their relationships and in their homes, in their marriages. And those that are by themselves right now, single mom, single dad, whatever, I thank you for your great grace upon them. And I thank you for a wonderful, be it your will and their desire, a wonderful new spouse come into their path. No frogs, no anything else, just the one you have for them. And God, we just invite your grace, your holy reset. We'll work where we need to work. We'll adjust where we need to adjust. And I just speak and deliver now the shalom peace of God to be in every home and that you would honor the hearts of the humble today. May we notice it and we thank you for it. God of all grace in Jesus name. Everybody said amen. 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 Now listen to me real quick. What I shared with you today is truth and it works. That's the good news. Here's the bad news. You're not going to have it all down pat uh, by tomorrow. This will be a process, but it's not about perfection. It's about your heart. If you keep your heart this way and resolve things quickly and keep yourself humble, I'm telling you what, it's going to be like a new breeze going to start to blow into your home. Say amen. I say peace to your house peace to you. And I'm telling you what, do things God's way. He'll bring peace into your life. Amen. God bless you guys. You are dismissed. I love you. Peace to your house.